you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 140. Okay, welcome to part two with the amazing Amanda Purchase, aka Mastermind Mentor and Kid Whisperer. Um, so... I said we, I wanted to start this episode by really talking about the strong-willed child gap. So uh, it's the gap uh, that I think is sort of the missing link where, you know, kids are showing up and they're displaying less than awesome behaviors and parents want to shut that shit down because it's, you know, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to live with a strong-willed child. They're harder to parent. They push your buttons. Um, and there's less than desirable behaviors going on. And it's like you love your kid, but quite often you're like, I, I'm not sure that I like them today. Um, so if anybody out there is identifying with that, I want you to know you're not alone. You're totally normal. Um, and I think that so many of us, most of us, we bring our conditioning from growing up about, you know, kids are meant to be obedient and, you know, whatever the saying is about the rod or sparing the rod. I don't know, even know what that is, but talking about basically like beating the shit out of your kids, um, you know, but like obedience and and all of those things, I think it's like you have a kid that's showing up with these less than awesome behaviors and our conditioning kicks in and we want to like shut that down. We want to, we want to, you know, so we, we look for ways to like ban, like just tell me what to do to get them, get them to do X, Y, and Z, which usually, you know, translates into us trying to control our kids. And anytime a human feels controlled, they feel like their choice has been being taken away and then they act out more. And so then the less than awesome behaviors become less than awesome behaviors on steroids. And, um, and it just spirals and gets worse and worse and worse. And so I guess I want you to talk about like that, the paradigm shift from that old school mentality and that autopilot programming kicking in to what actually helps these kids to start doing better and getting to the root of the behavior. And I wanted you to talk about, do you remember the story about the kid doing either karate or taekwondo? And I would love you to talk about that, 
that story? Yeah. So um, there's a child I worked with for a long time, for several years, and very high on the ADHD spectrum and through no fault of his own, obviously, and through no fault of the mother. And this is like just a super amazing mom who was like, anything he needs, right? Like, what do, what does he need to do? What do we need to do? We'll do anything. And so one of my recommendations for her was to start him in, I, I love martial arts, any kind of martial arts for kids, because it, and there's actually, it's actually evidence-based. So there's research to support um, how helpful it is for, for kids with, you know, hypersensitive nervous systems or autism or ADHD or any of that, because it's, there's, you're focusing on sequencing and attention and focus and, it's very ritualistic. I mean, it's just very calming to the central nervous system. So I, uh, for a while, was doing a program where um, it incorporated OT and Taekwondo at the same time. And this kid came in one day and he was just completely dysregulated. I mean, like... Wait, can I pause real quick? Mm-hmm. Did I, Wasn't he like, like, what grade was he in at the time? And hadn't he been kicked out of multiple schools? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been uh, kicked out of a couple of schools. I think he was in maybe second grade at the time, probably second, third, somewhere around there. I think second. And um, so he comes in completely dysregulated, meaning like literally bouncing off the walls, like running into the wall, bouncing off of them, sprinting around the room, not listening to anything. And keep in mind, there's, you know, two professionals in there and one child. And this is still the behavior we're getting, you know. And so I'm just kind of looking at So I take a step, a second and I step back and I'm just kind of looking at him. I'm literally just like at this point letting him run around the room so I can tell his body just needs more input, more movement. He's not going to get anything out of either of us that day. And this mom is paying two professionals privately in one hour to work with her child. So considerable expense as, as well. And I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like, we're going to get nothing out of this today. So I went over. I didn't say a word. Turned the lights off. I laid down on the floor. had him lay down on the floor next to me. I put some, um, just a bunch, of, a bunch of weight on his back and on his legs and arms to, to try and calm him down. I turned on a guided meditation, which he and I had done before. There's some awesome um, kid meditations through, like, Headspace or Calm app or there's all different apps. And so we did a guided meditation and it took about five minutes. And, um, after that he was just in a completely different space and so much calmer and receptive. And then we ended up having an awesome, amazing session. And, you know, sometimes I think parents can feel frustrated because it's like, well, hang on. Why are you wasting my time with, with this? Right? Like I'm not paying you for you to like, lay on the floor with my kid and do something I can do at home. Right. But this kid, had we not stopped and done that, the entire session would have been wasted. Like he would have gotten nothing. It would have turned into power struggle control, you know, behavior modification methods, all of that. Instead, we took a five minute break. He stands up, he's calm, he's regulated. And then we got through all of our objectives for the rest of the day. Right. And so educating the mom too, like after the session of like, Hey, this is why I did this. And also, it's incredibly powerful to model it for her of like, hey, when you're in that mode at home, most of us jump to or a lot of us jump to control, power, authority. You can't act like that. Stop stop bouncing off the walls. Come over here and sit and be still. Go to timeout. All of those things of like, 
that's not what that kid needs at that moment. That's just going to make him even worse, right? And so modeling that for her of like, hey, stay calm, get connected, do a five-minute reset. And it can literally like, maybe you're going to be 10 minutes late to school. I don't care because you're going to get a kid to school 10 minutes late who's regulated and ready to learn at least for hopefully an hour or so, maybe the whole rest of the day versus being on time with screaming and yelling and, you know, grabbing a kid, you know, like trying to dress them because they refuse to dress themselves, like pulling their arm out the door, like, oh, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. You know, it's like I tell parents as adults, we don't want to be treated like that. Like, I don't want to work for someone who's super controlling. I don't want to work for someone who's screaming and yelling at me. I don't want to work for someone who's micromanaging me. All of those things, like, make me want to run the other way or make me want to fight back or make me want to, like, you know, manipulate or, like, well, I'm not going to do it that way just because you're micromanaging me, so I'm going to choose to do it another way, whatever, right? So that's how kids feel when you're treating them through micromanaging and controlling and authoritative behavior, then they get in defense mode of fighting back and not listening and, you know, playing games and, you know, all of the things trying to control because they feel so out of of control in their own bodies that they, they have to try to control everyone else. And so just allowing parents the freedom to say, look, all you really need to do is stay calm and stay connected. And that's how you're going to reach your kids. Every single kid, whether they're super oppositional defiant, they're ADHD, even, you know, high functioning autism, like connection and calm is like the absolute best way to get the results that you want with your children. And, mm-hmm. you know, I talked to professionals about that too. And um, they joke because I'm like, send me like I love the oppositional defiant kids like I love the severe ADHD kids like give them to me give them all to me send them all my way because I find they're the easiest to connect with because they've been the most under misunderstood for so long that when somebody comes to them and is just like calm and on their level and like hey I'm here there's literally nothing you can do you can hit you can kick you can punch you can scream can run away, can throw things at me. And like, I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to be like sitting here holding space for you. And when you're calm and you're ready, I'm here and we can connect. And they value that so much because they've been pushed away for so long because people don't understand. I actually find that a lot of them are like the most empathetic kids Mm -hmm. and they're so hurt and they're so sensitive, but because they've been dysregulated for so long, they've never been calm enough to verbally explain this is how I'm feeling this is what I'm needing this is what they don't know their kids they're not supposed to know what they need and as parents those kids can be very difficult to know how to parent them to know what their needs are and it can feel very frustrating because it can you can feel like a failure all day every day because you're like you try all the different things and like nothing works right so it's like but what most people don't don't say is like be calm be connected and by the way, I always have to be careful about this because that absolutely does not mean permissive parenting. Absolutely not. Like I am not a fan of permissive parenting where everything is a yes. Like I do love as a parent to come from a front place of yes when I can, but it just means calm and connected. Like we are, you know. No, you, I've seen you work with, I mean, I've seen Amanda work with like tweens you know, tweens and teens who are shut down, like seriously shut down, 
seem been in therapy their whole life, like traditional talk therapy forever. And, um, and they're just totally shut down. And at first when Amanda starts working with them, they're shut down towards her, but then very quickly they realize she's finally a safe adult. That's just going to like be with them and hold space and not try and fix them. And, and so when they start to, to come around, you're very into like you, you connect and then you correct, but you're very in, I've seen you do it where you are very big on accountability mm-hmm. and, um, and all of a sudden kids who have a executive functioning problem, blah, blah, blah. They've had all these people diagnose them with all this stuff. Next thing you know, you've got a kid who's like, doing all these things that, that all the grownups said they would never be capable of doing, like holding themselves accountable, being responsible around technology, understanding when they break a rule that they're going to lose a privilege. Um, because you have been that finally that safe adult for them to do that, you know, and, and the most amazing thing, I think, like, that's why I think it's so it's such a high, like working with these families is when you come and report to me and to, you know, and kind of keep me updated on what's going on with different families and you give me the success stories and then, you know, you'll share a message from a mom basically saying, okay, like this happened. And they're giving us like the positive updates about, you know, I went, I had to take away the thing because he broke the rule and he didn't throw anything at me. He didn't call me names. Like he accepted it. I, you know, I left, we're on good terms. Like, I can't believe that I was strong enough to do that. And that my kid like allowed me to do that. So it's like, we see the kids starting to soften and finally to feel safer and more understood. But also we see the parents and quite often I find the moms building their confidence mm-hmm. and and realizing like, okay, I'm not a failure as a mom. I just didn't understand my kids and my kid and I didn't have the skill set yet. So it's like we I see both both people healing and um it's so freaking rewarding. Like yeah. Well and you know my favorite thing is uh I somehow get a lot of referrals for very angry, anxious teenage boys. And a lot of people don't work like working with that population because they feel like, um, you know, they're difficult to reach or everything's a no and, you know, whatever. But these kids, like, they just want to be seen and heard. And once they feel like they're seen and heard and understood, they're like, they're so quick to like want to please you and to want to like be the leader because it feels so good for them. Like I always say kids, they're, I've never met a bad kid. I've been working for 20 plus years. I've never met a kid that I would label as a bad kid. There are no bad kids, right? There's just kids who are misunderstood or not seen and heard and parents who are trying their best and loving their kids the best way they know how. And it's just not working because they haven't had the right tools. But my most favorite thing is, you know, quite honestly, what I find out is the teenage boys are much faster to turn around than the parents because I'm working with the the kids and the parents and the kids, like they have a shorter lifespan of habits, right? So it's like, they may have had these habits for 12, 13, 14 years, right? But the parents have had these habits for 30, 40, 50 years. So it's hard to break habits. And 
my most favorite thing is, and I hear it pretty frequently of like a mom or dad sending me a message and being like, you know what? Like he did this and I started getting upset and he was like, Hey dad, like, let's just stay calm and, you know, let's like figure this out. And they're like, he's reminding me now, like not only is he not like storming off to his room and slamming the door or like screaming, yelling and cussing, like he's reminding me of like, these are the tools that we need to use. And they're like, like we never thought it would happen. And it's just so ironic when the kid is the one being the leader and, but so cool. Right. It's like so amazing. Mm-hmm. Like kids can be our teachers too, you know, and, and that happens in, in my own home as well. Like my oldest is a very, he's just turned 14 and he's very calm and collected. And sometimes with the little ones, I'll be like, Oh, and he'll be like, like, it's not a big deal. Like we just, whatever. And it's like, when you model that for your kids, they start to pick up on it. Or if the kid's the one doing the modeling, the parents seem to be receptive to it too, because it just, it feels so much better for everyone in the household. So I just, I mean, you know, like you said, I give you updates all the time because I just, I still love that. Like it is the best feeling in the world. It's like, it's why I'm passionate about what I do. That's why it, it is my passion because it's so rewarding. Like, it's so cool to see a family that is angry and frazzled and chaotic and toxic turn into just this cool, connected, calm, you know. Toxic. That's, yes, toxic. It doesn't mean that it's without work, right? Like, they're doing the work, they're putting the time in. But I always tell people, like, that work is so much easier to do than choosing to do the toxic work all day, every day, day in and day out. Like, that's exhausting. Like I can't do it, you know? So um, yeah, throw the toxicity out the window and just invite calm and connection. And yeah, it's hard to change habits, but when you commit to that and everyone in the family commits to that and the kids commit to that because they understand for once, like what, how good it feels to have self-regulation be functioning from a place of self-regulation versus dysregulation. Like they'll choose that. Not to say every time, but the majority of the time, right? Like, because it feels so good. You know, it starts young with a lot of these kids who, you know, are highly sensitive or defensive or dysregulated or whatever. You know, they, the parents don't really know what to do. So they try everything. It doesn't work. It usually goes the path. You know, I think it usually goes two paths, right? Where it's like complete disengagement and there's no rules and no boundaries and just do whatever you want because I feel completely powerless to know how to help you. Or it becomes the authoritative, screaming, yelling, control, those things. And the way that most of these kids react is, well, this has become my identity. I'm the bad kid. This is how Mm -hmm. I get attention through screaming and throwing things. Because as soon as I start screaming and throwing things or kicking or spitting or whatever, everybody stops and all the attention's on me, right? So that becomes the quickest way for them to get attention and it works for them. And these are smart kids usually who cognitively, usually in the higher level cognitively of, Hey, well, it's pretty hard for me to self-regulate. It's pretty hard for me to express how I'm feeling emotionally. And it's pretty hard for me to like go and ask like, Hey, can I do this or whatever? So, but it's pretty easy for me to like yell and scream and throw things. Right. And it works. And so then the parents are like, you know, you get through that. And then the kid's like, hmm, pretty cool. Like I had to sit through the yelling and screaming, but I'm kind of used to it now. So it doesn't really bother me. And then the stakes just keep going up. Right. So it's like, 
when the yelling no longer works, well, now I'll start throwing things. Well, let me just give you what you want because I don't want you to throw something and it hit your younger brother and him get hurt, right? So it's like, well, then the throwing stops working. So now I'm going to start pounding on doors or whatever. And it just continues to escalate over time. And the more it escalates, the more it's enabled and rewarded because these kids do not have to learn self-regulation skills because that's hard for them, right? That's the skills that they're lagging that you really need to be working on. But instead, we're really putting all of our energy into enabling and rewarding this behavior because parents feel so powerless by this point. And they're just trying to keep the peace as much as possible. So then it turns into everyone walking on eggshells. And the kids are like, mm, now I notice you're not reacting to this. So let me like escalate the behavior a little bit. And then you get a kid who's, you know, at this point, kids are 10, 12 years old. They're gonna, Somebody's going to get hurt, right? The kid's going to get hurt. The parents are going to get hurt, whatever. And then if you continue down that path, that goes to high school. It's like, well, let me go try a vape. Let me see what you're going to react to if I try a vape. Let me see what you react, how you react if I like, you know, you catch me with weed or like whatever, right? And so it just continues to escalate and nobody really ever knows how to break that cycle because it just stuck in the parents feeling helpless and enabling and the kids escalating that behavior. And so that's why it's so helpful and important when people start. I mean, you know, early intervention is evidence based. I think it's something like if you start intervention for lagging skills at like I don't even remember what the statistic is, but something like you can save like $7,500,000 by starting at like kindergarten versus like fourth grade because you're breaking those habits. You're not allowing those cycles to even start, right? Um, but it's also not hopeless to start in high school. I mean, I primarily, like all almost all the kids I've worked with in the last year have been high school age kids. And even then you can be super successful. It's just empowering parents with the right tools at the right time and getting on level with their kids too of hey i'm here to help you you're not a bad kid you're actually like a pretty good kid and they don't want to hear it they're like no i'm not don't talk about that i don't want to hear about that they're very angry because they've never their identity has become the quote bad kid right and they're not the bad kid and so um yeah i truly believe that all of just you know you, you that's why i think mastermind works because it's working with the parent and the child, right? It's it's not a pro, an approach just for the parent and it's not an approach just for the child. It's that family dynamic of connectedness and calm and efficiency and all and, the, the you know, that's the beautiful thing. The brain has neuroplasticity and we are mm -hmm. all capable of reconditioning ourselves at all ages, which I just think is the coolest. Um, okay, I'm gonna wrap it up. You're gonna come on again. Love talking to you. Can't wait to hear from everyone. Don't y'all love Amanda? You guys, you guys send us an email, info at mastermindparenting.com. Let us know how much you love Amanda. If you have any questions for her and we'll cover them, cover your questions in future episodes. So thanks for being here today. Love it. Thanks, Randy. I loved it too. Hey guys, I made something for you. It's a free training. I put my best stuff in it and it is managing meltdowns to have a more joyful holiday season, especially if you have a moody or strong-willed kid. So it is about an hour long training. I think it is some of my best stuff and I think we all could use an, a little extra help during this crazy year. So it's available to you. All you have to do is go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash 
holidays. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash holidays, and you will get instant access to this webinar because I want all of you to have a happy holiday season. Um, So whether your kid is two or 12 or 15, you all deserve to have beautiful memories during this crazy year. So just know you'll get three things from this webinar. You're going to, you're going to learn how I believe you can have a holiday meal where your table is actually conversational, peaceful, and meltdown free. Um, I'm going to cover a plan for grateful rather than bratty entitled behavior when it comes to presents, candy, and special treats, and a method that works now and long-term to help your child improve future behavior. So I hope you signed up for it, and I would love to know if you find it helpful, and uh, give me some updates. I want to hear from you guys. Okay, mastermindparenting.com forward slash holidays.